I want to go to Proverbs 13, if you would. And that just jumped up yesterday. I was talking to her. I talked to her a lot. And uh, uh, I said, do you know why marriages fail, that marriages struggle? It's because, and I used, used it then, but it's, it's universal. Marriages and families fail because one or both of them will not be spiritual. Just want to put that out there. It is not, well, he, he works all the time or, or she, she doesn't respect me. All that is the symptoms. Somebody's not. Have you ever seen people that were hard after God have marriage failures? Think about it. Think about it. I mean, really after God. They forgive. They, they press. They embrace the process of being a Christian. That's my word to you this morning. Embrace the process. Sure. Wives are so disappointed in husbands that will not come to church because they won't embrace the process. They're like, how's this going to get better? It's not going to get better. Well, in Proverbs 13, hallelujah, I got that little PS in before the end. This is an amazing scripture. I want to talk about when goodness comes. I said when goodness comes. It's, my, it's one of my favorite subjects. 13, 12, let's read it together. I'm in the King James, verse 12. Ready, read. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Amen. Well, there's lots of words there. Uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Now, this is, this is the truth. If you get put off for a long period of time, your heart gets sick, the Bible said. Well, this is Old Covenant, so we've got to kind of work that out. Uh, the word hope is actually translated expectation. All hope is expectation. You got something going on. Anybody in here got a little expectation going on? Woohoo! Well, it's because we're born again. Even the world can expect a raise because everybody else did or, or whatever. And if they're the only one that doesn't get a raise, their heart gets sick. It's like, what? What? Uh, the word deferred, I looked that up, knew you'd want to know. It's in the Hebrew, and I don't know Hebrew, but I looked it up. And it means prolonged. Hope prolonged. It mean, the word, the dictionary actually said drawn out or stretched out. You ever been there? I've been there. Took a long time. I, they say McDonald's, I've quoted this to you before, that people get agitated if, if, if it's more than 30 seconds between they place their order and food is, on the, is in the bag. I can't even get the bag open in 30 seconds. I mean, I get the skillet out and, you know, pop an egg in there, and I've burned two minutes already. And they're saying 30 seconds, McDonald's. We're pretty fast around here. Hope deferred, expectation uh, drawn out. It means even removed. If, you, if an expectation is removed, if your husband told you, that carpet looks fine, I don't care if it came from the 70s, it looks fine, we're never going to get carpet again. That's what my dad told my mother. She had seafoam, uh, what do you, what, shag. She had seafoam shag. I said, Mother, we got we to gotta start smoking and throw our butt into the middle of the living room to get you carpet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Actually, my dad, I, can, I, can I just tell this story? My dad, he's so smart. He's smart. So he got him a log for Christmas. It was, it was about this long. Well, the fireplace was just, it was one foot shorter than the fireplace. So dad, he put the log in in ways and got a chair and put, it out, put the log out on the chair and was going to feed it in long ways. 
Well, then he got, went to the farm, and that fire burned out the log <laughs> and dropped it in the floor. Mother got new carpet. <laughs> he didn't say a word because it was like, yep, nobody else would have put the log in sideways. I got a great family. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you ever think I'm strange, I, 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 you know, I got roots. Hallelujah. Uh, hope deferred, expectation prolonged, expectation delayed, expectation stretched out. Uh, the word says, maketh the heart sick. Now, that word sick, that, what does that mean? Who, what do you mean your heart sick? The word means weak. Now, now plug that in. Don't you know that if, you, if you're just pounding on something to happen, and it just never, ever happens and doesn't glimmer or sparkle that it ever will, you know you get weak in that area. But if it's making a little progress, if it, if it every once in a while jumps up and says, I'm a coming, then you go, well, okay, it's coming, it's slow, I wish it would be, but, but if it never moves, the Bible says you get weak. And then it says, uh, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. The word life there means freshness or strength. So we got to have, every one of us has to have, everybody's got our own hope. I mean, you may be hoping for, you could hope for a new job or for children or for your husband to act right or just a hope that all of us have that's personal, that's unique. It's just us. You, you got to have progress. You got to have something that jumps up every once in a while and says, I'm coming. If you don't, you'll get weak. But when it does show up, when it does turn, the Bible says we get strong. So one way our faith is stayed fervent or uh, on track is to always be looking for progress. You got to know how to look at it. You got to know how, how it is. Here's what I wrote. This is me writing this verse out based on this definition. Expectation drawn out for a long time makes you weak and vulnerable. But when good comes... When good comes, it brings life and strength. So we got to be looking for good. Sometimes good comes and we don't recognize it. We say, well, you're too little, too late. And we discount it. We say, ah, that's nothing. He didn't make, you know, what he said, didn't, he didn't mean it. Husbands hear that sometimes. I remember, uh, well, I remember anyway, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened to me. It's happened to you. You're just apologizing because you want to shut me up. And uh, I said, no, I'm, I'm really apologizing. I'm really sorry. And it's like, no, you're not sorry. I, I had a little brother that one time, uh, uh, he, uh, he said, uh, he, my other brother apologized to him for something that he did. And my middle brother said, uh, he said, I don't accept it. It was not sincere enough. Well, my littlest brother wasn't a Christian. It wiped him out from this Christian brother to say, reload and come back and see if you can do better. You know, I'd have taken anything at that point in my little brother's life. I'd have taken anything. I, if he just stuttered, I would have said, good enough. Yeah, everything's good. And I, I hate to be that personal about, but that's all I got is my family and, and my experience. We got to be real discerning to see when, when good's coming. Good's coming all the time. 
I said it's all around us. But you got to see it. You got to be looking for it. You got to be expecting good to come. Because if you're not expecting it, nothing ever good happens to me. Well, you know what's going to happen to you? <laughs> nothing good. And it's everywhere. Just talk to people. I saw that sign in Winslow's when it was here that says, uh, uh, they have a problem for every solution. It's become one of my little mantras. I just love to look at people and say, oh, that's who you are. You have a problem for every solution. So we work with people all the time. You do too. And you say, well, we could do it this way. Well, I can't get off work for then. Well, okay, well, then we'll, we'll move the day. Well, I like Tuesdays. I don't want to go on Monday. Well, how about if we, you know, if I come babysit your kids? Well, they don't much like you. And, and, uh, and you, just, you just go down this list, and they got to know before you even get to it. You know, you can't help people like that. You know, you know you, they're one of the 12 people that you can't help. You need to move on. Turn with me to, uh, oh, let me read this again. Expectation drawn out a long time makes you weak and vulnerable. But when good comes, it brings life and strength. Lord, we receive good coming into our lives. Stir us up at River Church. Good is coming. Good is here and good is coming in Jesus' name. We realigned our expectation so that we don't say good's never come. We don't, we don't say, Lord, you don't care that you're not here, that, you're, that you've forgotten us. Lord, good is here. And Lord, we look at what's right and good. And we rejoice and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 2. This is where we were last week or the week before uh, Independence Day. Romans chapter 2. Now, y'all could do it uh, a little different. I heard about a church yesterday. They meet for one hour. They, they meet at 11. And they, uh, uh, there's 20 people in the church. And they had six microphones at the, at the stage, six or seven. There, there was a bunch of them. So there's 20 people in the church. <laughs> they got seven microphones. They asked me, said, uh, do your people play and sing? They pick? They, uh, they, yeah. no, we, we have Barry and he hits the button. <laughs> he's our, he's our keyboardist. He, <laughs> we all come alive. I mean, anyway, they sing and play for 35 minutes. And then the preacher gets it and they're gone by 12. You can only dream about that. It is never going to happen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, where were we? Uh, Romans. Uh, oh, I love this verse. Now, I tell you what, this will take you down the road. Or despisest, verse 4. Or despisest thou. So he's talking about something else, about how people are thinking in Rome. And he says, what's wrong with y'all? Or despisest thou? Why are y'all thinking the way you're thinking? It must be that you despise the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering. You must think that, that God's not paying attention just because he hadn't smacked you and judged you and cut you off. You must think God doesn't care, and you're kind of ticked at God because he's not, he's not laying firebolts down around you and, and threatening you and, and cutting you off. He says, why are you doing this? Oh, it must be that you are not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth men to repentance. Now, here's a major principle in the Bible, New, the New Testament. You've got to know this if you don't know anything else, and hardly anybody knows it. There's some things that people don't know. One thing they don't know is that God is not sovereign 
God's not in control, excuse me. They, think, they say God's in control. Major ministries, major, major worldwide got buildings and colleges and everything. They'll get up and say, God's in control. If it happened, because it's because God wanted it to happen or allowed it to happen. And it is not the Bible. Did you just read it here? Not knowing it's the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. What do they preach? They preach that God is going to change people that are thinking wrong and doing wrong by putting pressure on them to change. And that means either withdrawing his uh, mercy or uh, his provision or even radically enough killing their kinfolks. Well, you know, that family's been a little wonky and uh, God just had to get a hold of them. And, and now they're all paying attention now that little Lulu's you know, drowned in the lake. You know, you just hear this and you go, that's so bizarre that, uh, that a good and loving father that would, that would send Jesus for us and that would give his life for us would turn and say, yeah, I, I, I did that, but we're, we're, we're going to drown one in the lake so the rest of you will straighten up. Remember the tornado that came through when we went and took water down to Alberta City? And they said, oh, God sent this tornado. He's tired of the prostitutes, and he's tired of the drugs, and he's tired of the liquor, and he's tired of, of people not going to church. And I said, where, where's San Francisco? Why, why do they not have a tornado today? Where, where is New Jersey? Where is Las Vegas? They ought to be upside down. We're not doing it all right for sure here, but really a tornado that took 53 people? The worst tornado, the worst death uh, crisis that year in the United States? Oh, yeah, God's doing it. He's why he's cleaning up here. See, we've got wrong thinking. And I'm going to show you how that's wrong. Uh, the word repentance leadeth thee to repentance. We looked at that word leadeth means to induce. God influences just like the devil influences. Do you all know the devil influences people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, let me talk to you after the service. Well, it says here that God induces thee to repentance. And the word repentance simply means a reversal or a turnaround. So you're going this way and God says, you know, that's going to hurt everybody. It's going to turn. It's going to kill you. I need you to turn around. So I'm going to smack you good. I'm just going to I'm just going to put cancer on you and I'm going to make your wife leave you and I'm going to your job is suddenly going to be disappeared. No, he said, I'm fixing to throw down you. You're going to have a promotion. Your wife is going to fall in love with you in a way you never expected. And uh, your kids are going to just God's good and he's going to turn you. And one day you wake up, you go, how can that happen? We have the story of the prodigal son where the Bible says he was in the pig pen, and the word says he came to himself saying, my father's got it good, and I could go work for him. He came to himself. Did you know the goodness of God will cause you to come to yourself? Because all that goodness, when you're in sin, it makes you feel bad. It makes like I ought to be suffering, but it's just so good around here. I feel guilty that, that I'm sinning against God and people, and... I don't deserve it. I need to get right with God. That's how it works. Now, how do I know that? Well, the Word says it, but also I know God made us the way we are inside, and He put triggers in us. For instance, the tithe. Why is 10%? It's the amount that doesn't overwhelm us, but it's amount that makes us pay attention to Jesus as Lord. I don't know why, but it is. He, but He wired us that way. In other words, the key fits the lock and turns it, and He did that. 
Well, it's the same thing he did with us. The goodness of God works in us and makes us change. Has God been good to you? Well, then he's wanting you to change. From bad things? No. From glory to glory, from faith to faith, from grace to grace. There's more. There's more. Could you do something as a millionaire that you can't do right now? Yea, verily. Could you do something if you wasn't working night and day and day and night? Could you do something? <laughs> Yea, verily. Could you do something if you didn't have uh, bill collectors or people chasing you for an old judgment or, or a, a lien on your side? Could you do something? The goodness of God could turn you loose. I'm so excited. I, I'm just so, I'm so blessed. But here's how Christians act. And I've talked to them. Have you talked to Christians? We're talking about nominal, don't know Jack, don't read their Bibles, don't understand the preacher. And when they do, he's, he's, preaching, he's preaching lies. I'm talking about those Christians. They're all over Alabama. They're thick. <laughs> They're thick. And, and, but here's what happens. Um, people take a little liberty. They, 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 they press God. Now, uh, they'll, they'll, they have a conscience. Do you all know we all have a conscience? For what the Word, the word says, uh, doesn't say don't smoke. The Word doesn't say, you know, don't hit your wife in the sense of literally. But our conscience says don't do those things. And it takes a while. You can't get newborn. And just all of a sudden, you know all the rules and all the ways. You, you, this, your soul, you get changed from the outside, from the inside, where you're pushing stuff out that's evil and you're putting stuff in that's good. And so men and women, they, uh, they try God. They say, I wonder if I could get away with this. Everybody's always thinking. They do their taxes every year. And it's like, could I get away with this? Could they find this? Could they, could they audit me on this? I don't think so. So they'll just take that deduction or whatever. Oh, y'all look so holy this morning. I'm not saying you did it, but I can tell you. We've all just said, where is the line? So, so we, might, uh, we might say, I, I want to lay in from church this morning. Wouldn't, this wouldn't apply to y'all, of course, but it would apply to a lot of people. I want to lay in from church this morning. And... Uh, but I know it's wrong because I'm supposed to be in the nursery or I'm supposed to be whatever, just supposed to be there. And so they do it. And they wait a week. Maybe, maybe not going to church is not the right one. Maybe, maybe if I went over to Billy Bob's, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, Billy Bob's got the coldest beer in town. He's just, he's a good friend. And if you want a cold one, Billy's got it. <laughs> I know my wife told me not to ever go over there again because... So we go over there and we drink a few or whatever. And then we go home and we wait. We wait a week. Does anything happen? No, I still got my job. And my lawnmower still works. And my kids are still going. Nothing happened. Why do we think that way? Because we're expecting judgment for sin. Listen to me. I'm talking to all of us at River Church. Even though we're way beyond this theologically. It's still something the devil uses. So we, we, we pull it again. But we might just add a little bit to that or change it a little bit, and nothing happens, and nothing happens, and nothing happens. So we think it's, a, it's, an, ad, it's an adverse kind of thinking. We think God either doesn't notice. <laughs> That's far thinking, isn't it? 
or that he doesn't care. That, ah, oh, God's, God's cool. The favorite thing that I hear is, uh, from religion is God understands. He knows that I, you know, I can't tithe because I got six kids. He knows I, I can't tithe, and he understands. Let me tell you, God doesn't understand, and, and he, but he won't smack you if you don't tithe. Do you all know God won't smack you if you don't tithe? If you say, I'm not giving, I'm never giving. I refuse to give. Matter of fact, if the plate comes by and nobody's looking, I may get me a little for lunch. <laughs> I've seen it happen, actually. I actually saw. Anyway, this kind of thinking is what defeats us. It is not adultery. It is not uh, bank robbing. It is not. That's not what defeats us. It's this kind of thinking that I just got by with something. I just pulled this off. God is not, he's not very sharp. Or he, he, or he doesn't really care, and what the preacher says is not true. Uh, so they, what there is is no consequences. They just assume that God is, is cool with that kind of sin. And, you know, they don't have a real framework for, for, for keeping their conscience on because they're not going to church, they're not reading the Bible, so, and they know people that are doing it, and they're living okay. But uh, what happens is, is you begin to change the line in your conscience, which is holding fast at a certain level. It begins to move. Do you all know about the moving conscience? And all of a sudden, something's okay with you that was never okay with you. And you're, you find yourself thinking, we could do this. We could pull this off. And so, uh, and you, what you do is you just, you continue to go a little further in your thinking, and then you wait, and there's no judgment. Still got my job. My wife still likes me. My kid's still mowing the grass. And so you move a little bit, waiting for judgment. Because we're going to, what it causes you is to live next to the line. And we just are looking for the line. We're wanting to live next to the line that if God, if I go one step further, God's going to judge that. And I've got big trouble. So I want to be sure and be on this side of the line. This is real good preaching, y'all. This is going to help us all if you can just get there. And does God care? God is not offended by our sin in the sense of heaven saying, I've just had a gut full of their sin and I'm not taking it anymore. Zap, zap, zap. He's not doing that. But what happens was is that, that God does not send judgment, certainly not in fire or stuff, but we begin to live a worldly life. We separate ourselves from the blessing. He can't put his good hand on you in certain areas because you're outside of that. You know, if you're lying about something, then you're not going to get the blessing of God. He's not mad and he's not sending judgment, but the blessing is not there. And I've already become acclimated to the blessing. I, I'm, I'm at a place in my life where I can't live without it. It's like punishment not to have the blessing because I'm, I'm used to it. You know, if you make $200 a week and then they, they tell you you're just going to make 150 you're already spending 200 There's nowhere to cut back. So that's where people have a long time from victory to victory. Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick or, or expectation put off makes you become weak. Suddenly you don't have the, the victory. You're not getting what little prayers you pray, prayer uh, answered. And it's a long time between testimonies. I, like I said, I'm preaching real good this morning. We... We don't, God doesn't smack us, nothing adverse is happening, but nothing 
is special anymore. You don't get that hand of God on you. You don't get that, that blessing, that, that favor that opens a door. It's always open. No, not now. It's like it's shut. It's not because God, it's because the wages of sin are death. Uh, in the Amplified, this verse says, Are you so blind as to trifle with and presume upon and despise and underestimate the wealth of his kindness and forbearance and long-suffering patience? Are you unmindful or actually ignorant? Don't you love the Amplified? Of the fact that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repent, to change your mind, and the inner man to accept God's will. He said it's the goodness of God that leads you to change, to go up. So when we sin, it's our conscience, our conscience. That's why 1 John 1, 9 is so important. When we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's not literally that. It's that we're cleansed in our soul. Our conscience is clear. So we can return to the line of, I know what to do that's right. And I don't want to do something that's wrong. I know that's wrong, and I'm not going there. Even if God's judgment's not there, I want to please him. I'm a God pleaser, not a, not a, a sinner on the run. Hiding in this hole and hiding out from God there. Certainly not praying. If I know I'm living on the line, I'm not praying. Are we? No, we're just, we don't want to bring our number up to God because he might like, oh, I've been looking for you and your prayer brought you to my attention. Whack. Someone said the other day, why don't you put a big sign out in front of your church? I said, because we hired an account, uh, 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 a architect and he told us that we were $60,000 out of compliance in this building. Did y'all know that? We've been six years out of compliance. We got to have uh, door pushers. We got to have fireproof sheetrock. We need two more bathrooms. The uh, kitchen has to be handicapped. I said, we're not going to let handicapped people in our kitchen. And they said, it don't matter. You got to be able to. I said, well, we just put in a new one. He said, you got to have handicapped bathrooms. I said, well, this is all we have. He said, you're going to have to dig a concrete and run a drain. And a... I said, are you serious? I said, I just signed a lease. <laughs> he said, yeah, if the fire marshal ever comes in, y'all are toast. He said, you're done. I talked to Pastor Moss the other day. He said, oh, they, they have sat on me and, and, uh, and pressured me. He said, they came all the time. We have never seen the fire marshal in six years. Never seen. I mean, we put a key over there so that if, if someone lights a cigarette over here, you know, and you think there's a fire, we can all run out. <laughs> no. Not in six years. He's never come by. Somebody should be losing their job. The fire marshal, I mean. But yay, $60,000 they said it would take for us to get in compliance. All the bathrooms in the back, ah, <laughs> all the doors, they're all wrong. All the sheetrock, it's all wrong. And the favor of God, I mean, we, we've been safe. Have y'all been safe? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we're safe. We're, we're as safe as any, we're safe. And if you're a church and your grandfather did, it doesn't even matter. But here it would matter because we follow the daycare. What was my point? Where was I going? It's the goodness of God. He just helped us because we didn't know that. And the landlord didn't know that. And we were stuck. And so we just said, and now, oh, that's what, the sign. I said, that's why we don't, <laughs> Pastor Ross, we don't put a sign out front because 
Any sign we put out there, it has to have a permit and has to have a, uh, all the stuff for the city. And we don't want them noticing. You know that sign thing I checked on? Well, hey, the fire marshal hadn't even been there. Send him down. No, we like our sign on the building just fine. See, the wisdom of God just got us through. Amen. Now, y'all don't be talking to the fire marshal. Hallelujah. <laughs> he might not be saved. Uh, but here's, here's my point. is Goodness has already come. We're not waiting on goodness. Goodness has come. Goodness is here. It's already here. I didn't make anything happen. I didn't do anything to make goodness come. Would y'all say amen? You didn't do anything to make goodness come. Because if you did, then you can do things to make goodness go. But I didn't do anything. The Lord sent Jesus and goodness came. Without, while I was still dead in my trespasses, Christ died for you, the word says. So he came with, before I was good. So he's come. And it's the goodness of God, it's Jesus, that makes me want to change. It's not the law. It's not the fire of God or the hand of God. And uh, I'm a son of God. I am special, y'all. You'd be special, too, if you'd just believe the word. But I'm a son, and he likes me so good. I, t I sent a card to my mother the other day, and I said, I'm your favorite son. <laughs> my mother, it gets away with him. She wants everybody to be the same. I know I'm the favorite. And uh, it gets away with her. Turn with me to Romans. We've got just a minute. Let's turn to Romans chapter 6. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus is so good, y'all. He's way better. We, we just think, oh, Jesus is good. The Lord is good. And the other side says all the time. They don't believe that. They don't believe that. They've just redefined the word good. He doesn't kill us. He doesn't, he doesn't drown us. He doesn't, he doesn't let us be in an accident. Well, sometimes he does. They just redefine the word good. No, I'm talking about he's really good. Psalm 91. His, he gives his angels charge over you. He's good. Uh, greater is he that is in you. Any trouble, any devil, any curse, anything set, greater is he that is in me. That's his goodness. He put the greater one inside. He didn't say, well, I went out and found someone about the same as the devil and put him in there. Y'all duke it out. No, he put the greater one inside. In the name of Jesus, Satan, I take authority over you, and it's done. It says in Romans chapter 6, look in verse 15. Uh, is that right? Let me see. Well, that's Romans 5. That will... That won't work. Okay, verse 15. Here we are. What then shall we sin? You know, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, so, so why don't we sin? What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin. Anybody in here free from sin? Sin shall not have dominion over us. Ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants, to righteousness unto holiness. 
For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. Y'all know those people? I know those people. But what fruit had ye in those things wherein ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting. Here it is, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. It's deadly to sin. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The amplify, excuse me, the new living in verse 15 says, Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? There's a perverse kind of thinking that says, Where's the line? Where's the line that God will tolerate and not smack me? I want to live as close as that line. I want to have as much fun and rebellion and lawlessness as I can and still be on God's good list. Still, still get in the door and still make it. But where's the line? I want as much of the world as I can, as God can tolerate. That's not it, is it? That's not true redemption. Well, hallelujah. Well, let me just say this. We said this last week or week before just a little bit. If it's the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance, if it's the goodness of God that leads other people to change, isn't that what the word says? It's the goodness of God. He starts stacking it on. That's sometimes why your neighbor is so blessed. You know, that little toad over there's got a boat and an ATV, and he's running up and down the hills of California on Saturday and Sunday. While I'm Saturday, I'm mowing the church grass, and Sunday, I'm running the sound booth, and, and Sunday night, I'm in the nursery, and I come home, and I'm, I'm dog tired, and he comes home, and he's not tired, and he's been, he's been at the beach all day. You go, what is that all about? Well, there's a deception in that. In Psalm 30, 60, it's in Psalms somewhere that talks about that. But actually, God's just trying to get them to change. They're good, and he's, just, he's not smacking them. But here, here's the point. If it's the goodness of God that leads men to change, how about if Michael got God's goodness in me? The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost, isn't it? Y'all got the Holy Ghost? Got the love of God? What if I was good to somebody? Would they change? Or what if I'm mean to them? You are a sinner. You are a rascal. You are the lawless vermin of hell. <laughs> Yeah, how about that? That gives you a warm fuzzy. Hallelujah. And they go, oh, I, I repent of my sin and I, I want Jesus. No, probably not. Does it work? No, it doesn't work. And so those turn or burn people get no results. If someone does make some decision, it's, it's an emotional decision. They don't get it. It's the love of God. You, cut, you have your neighbor come over and you say, let's eat some cupcakes. And let's go swimming in my pool. And let's... Uh, it's the goodness of Michael that leads men to change. I can change people. Well, how do you do it? Well, you just learn the four spiritual laws and go wham them and, and just not have nothing to do with those evil sinners over there. No. You go over and bless them. You go over and be a blessing and speak grace to them. And all of a sudden, the goodness of Michael or the goodness of Melissa or the goodness of, of uh, Annette leads men to change. We've, we've had it wrong. So these churches that, you know, that, that, uh, that desecrate military people's service and, and uh, those, those, they're evil. They're not even churches. They're just, but we, we ought to be preaching goodness on people. 
Bless you. Bless you. Let me keep your kids while you go to the drag races or whatever. And you, you think that's all you're doing, but it's changing them. So, Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness. We have been drinking in your goodness since we were way little. And, Lord, the judgment against us has been put on Jesus. And like the goat of the old, he bore it and took it away. And judgment has missed us. It's not on us. And it's not coming toward us. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, I'm just grateful right now for the good things you've done for me. How you've saved me, but delivered me from this turmoil and torment and that and financial ruin and sickness and disease and joblessness. And just, Lord, you've just been good. I don't have to have a crisis to know that you fished me out and now you're good. You just fished me out before trouble came. I love you, Lord. We love you. River Church loves you, Lord. So we ask you to fund us so we can show your goodness. We ask you to heal us so we can go be healers. We ask you, Lord God, to make a way where there seemed to be no way so that we're not encumbered with this life. And we expect it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 There's a change coming to bearing Melissa. And I've talked to you about this before in the Lord, but I'll tell you now, it's closer than it's ever been. There's a change, and it's good, good, good. And uh, you don't have to be a missionary to some weird country and eat snakes and bugs. Uh, he has chosen you, and you are, you are being prepared in daily things, but yet pressed. The Bible says, the Lord says, my word says, if you're faithful over a few things, I'll make you master of much, says the faithful man will abound with blessing. And I'm here to proclaim for him this morning to you that blessings, I know you're blessed, but blessings beyond expectation. It's as if you have rich uh, benefactors. It's as if you're heirs, and yet you have no one that I know of that you could have that expectation. I'll tell you this morning, the Lord is your benefactor, and he's about to fund you in a way that no one could predict and no one could plan. I call you blessed in Jesus' name, and I, 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 I raise your expectation to be fully funded now so you'll put on the Lord Jesus in a new realm of ministry and a new realm of life. And your decision to do so will take you there, saith the Lord. And it will be glorious in all its ways. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, amen. Does anybody have anything this morning before we go? Changes are coming this, this month. Something's happening in July. I, and I did want to tell you, although it doesn't matter, I did not have those meetings in Jiminson when we canceled July. They came because we canceled in July. He said, uh, he said I've been doing a lot for your church, and you might ought to come over here and do a little payback. <laughs> he said, I want to take off a couple of Wednesdays. And so I said, sure. So if y'all want to, tune in. It might be fun. How do you do that, Barry? Can, is it live only, or does they archive it and you can look? 
Oh, okay. So you could eat ice cream and go to Dairy Queen and eat ice cream and then come back and it'd be 8.30 and you'd still tune in or something. Amen.